Hello, welcome back to MLEX's podcast. Every week we bring you the top stories in regulatory affairs with the assistance of our team of reporters around the globe. I'm your host, James Paniki, Asia Senior Editor here at MLEX, and I'm coming to you from the LexisNexis offices in Melbourne, Australia. It's great to have your company. Now, it's safe to say that nascent tech industries tend not to be fans of regulation. In fact, more often than not, they'd like to keep the red tape at bay while they get on with a job. But artificial intelligence is different. Such are the concerns raised by the rapidly evolving technology and its many applications that regulators in some jurisdictions are already at work. And what's perhaps surprising, some AI companies are actually on board with the project, although whether industry and regulators will ultimately agree on what's needed remains very much to be seen. MNEX has recently put together a global wrap on AI regulation and will cross to San Francisco shortly for an overview. First up, though, to Brussels. MLEX Chief Correspondent Matthew Newman has been covering the drive for AI regulation, and he joins us now. Matthew, why is there almost a scramble by regulators to do something about AI, and why is there now this, what's been referred to at least, as a sense of urgency to legislate? Well, James, it comes from a, a feeling that the technology behind AI has absolutely outpaced anything that's going on in terms of legislation. So we have leaders of the actual companies developing the technology. Uh, You can think of OpenAI, Google's DeepMind, Anthropic. These people are warning that the future systems that they're working on right now could be as deadly as pandemics and nuclear weapons. So this sense of urgency comes from uh, the industry itself saying there is a serious need to get a better handle on the legislation. And it's, it's one of these things that has captured people's imagination um, very, very quickly. And people in the, in, that I've spoken to about the, the, the huge interest in this have said, look, uh, where are we going with legislation? We have uh, the EU moving ahead. We've got the U.S. Uh, plodding along. We've got the U.K. thinking about it. Um, but the technology is moving at light speed. So the sense of urgency is the, the technology is way, way faster than what legislators can actually uh, put together in terms of laws. Okay, well, tell me something about the AI code of conduct that was announced by EU Digital Chief Margrethe Vestager. What is it? Yeah, so this is interesting because, um, as I mentioned, the EU is one of the jurisdictions that is moving ahead with legislation. So that's the AI Act, which we've spoken about together already. Um, That is at its kind of its final uh, stretch in terms of getting approval. The Parliament's going to be voting on it next week, and they hope to have the actual legislation in place by the end of the year. But the EU is kind of an outlier on all this. So Vestire, who's uh, Margaret Vestire, who's the digital chief, um, she met uh, with the United States and with other global leaders uh, in the G7. And what happened is that there was a sense of we need to get a handle on AI legislation. At that meeting, 
the Western governments, uh, mainly Western governments, said, look, we need to have um, much more coordination on AI. And Vestire was uh, given the task of uh, coordinating this with the United States. So with uh, Anthony Blinken, they met uh, at uh, what was called the, the TTC, the Trade and Technology Council. That was just last week in Sweden. And they said, we're going to launch this voluntary AI code of conduct. The idea behind that is, is quite straightforward. They want um, governments around the world, leading governments of the you know, biggest countries, uh, including India and Indonesia, by the way, it's, it's not just Western governments, uh, to actually bridge this gap so we have the technology moving ahead extremely quickly. AI capabilities are, are you know, threatening uh, the world, uh, uh, according to the developers themselves. And we need to have voluntary regulatory measures in place by the companies. And that is all supposed to be agreed by the end of this year, actually. So that's the, the sense of urgency I, I just mentioned, is that Vestire said the voluntary code of conduct should be in place um, by the autumn. Well, as for what the EU is doing, how does this code of conduct differ from other EU initiatives on AI, such as the slightly confusingly named AI Act and the AI Pact? We, what we have here is the AI Act, which which is, as I mentioned, about to be a passed next week by the Parliament. And then you have uh, a Commissioner uh, Breton, uh, a Frenchman who uh, has uh, some experience running big um, organizations. He was CEO of Orange. Uh, he was also the finance minister of France. And he's able to cajole and meet with companies um, a lot more than um, his counterpart, Vestire, in the sense that he knows that the AI Act is not actually going to be in place as legislation until about 2026. So what I was just mentioning in terms of the development of the technology, which is going in leaps and bounds by the day, you know, every month we have some sort of major announcement about the, the technology itself, and then we have the, the plotting legislators. So how do you get those two to meld together? So Breton said, uh, uh, we want an AI pact which means that the companies themselves, like Google, Microsoft, um, they would agree to um, implement some of the main principles of the AI Act before it is actually on the books. So that's his uh, pledge um, that he's made, and he wants um, Google itself. He met with um, with Breton, uh, the CEO, uh, Sundar Pechai, uh, and said, yes, uh, I'm going to go ahead with that. Brad Smith of, of Microsoft, the president of Microsoft, he's also uh, indicated that this is exactly what um, the world needs. We need to have companies stepping up and saying, yes, we agree to this kind of legislation before it actually goes into place. Are we starting to see a divergence in terms of AI regulation um, among the EU, US and the UK? And if that's the case, I wonder what's happening or what can be done on an international level for a greater level of convergence on AI regulation? 
Well, I, I mentioned about the sense of urgency with um, Vestair and the, the meeting with um, the United States with this, this Trade and Technology Council. Well, it, lo and behold, this sense of urgency has spread to the UK. So back in March, the UK put out a, a white paper on AI, and everyone was kind of scratching their head like, oh boy, here, here we go again. The, the UK is, is, oh, we want a light touch approach. We're not going to impose any rules and regulations like the EU. We're done with that. We're out. We're, you know, this is post-Brexit UK, and we want to have this, you know, business-friendly approach. Well, that's not exactly what the businesses want. Uh, the, the businesses met with uh, Richie Sunak, the prime minister, and said, look, um, we need to have regulation. We, we need the clarity that the EU is, is going to have with its regulation. Um, so just, just recently, Richie Sunak uh, put out a statement saying that he's meeting with the United States uh, leaders on AI regulation. And the point of that meeting is to have much more convergence between the UK and the US on AI. So here we have the UK, which three months ago had said, oh, let's go for a light touch approach, now saying actually we need to be much more mindful of actual regulation, uh, going to the United States, where un until very recently there was no talk about regulation. I, th I think if you had asked the question, you know, half a year ago and said, well, what's going on with AI regulation? I would have easily said, oh, the EU is, is plowing ahead and there's going to be regulation. The UK is taking this light touch and, you know, this, the US is taking a wait and see approach. Now I think you see much more, uh, let's say, hope for global convergence and there's a, a, a fresh sense of urgency, as I mentioned, uh, and this idea that you know, we can't just leave it to the market. If you leave it to the market, well, who knows what's going to happen? And that's what the, the companies themselves are warning against. We can't just let this technology uh, move ahead without having some guardrails. Matthew, thank you so much for your work on this. I really appreciate it. Let's talk again soon. Thank you, James. It's been a pleasure. Matthew Newman is an MNEX chief correspondent covering data protection and privacy. He was speaking to us from our always slightly noisy offices in Brussels. And we'll link to Matthew's recent writing on the flurry of AI regulatory activity at our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. Now, listening into that conversation is Amy Miller, MLEX's senior correspondent in San Francisco. Amy recently spearheaded a global wrap of AI regulation, which she put together with the help of our reporters around the globe. So, Amy, we just heard from Matthew about efforts on the part of regulators, but could you maybe talk about what companies are doing to encourage regulation, and it's not often that I get to say that, right? <laughs> well, thanks, James. Um, I think the poster boy for AI has really become Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI. That's the maker of ChatGPT, uh, an AI chatbot that launched last fall to a lot of excitement and media fanfare. And Altman lives in San Francisco, where there's a burgeoning generative AI industry. And in fact, there are so many AI startups in San Francisco's 
Hayes Valley neighborhood right now that they're calling it Cerebral Valley. (laughs) (laughs) And like Matthew was saying, AI experts like Altman are are warning of dire consequences to humanity if if no guardrails for generative AI are are put in place. Um, And he signed a warning letter along with 350 AI experts last month that said mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside pandemics and nuclear war. Uh, so the the threats are high, and he's traveling the globe, meeting with politicians and, and policymakers in the U.S., France, Spain, Japan, on how to regulate AI. And he also announced this week that he's traveling to Israel, Jordan, Qatar, uh, UAE, India, and South Korea. Uh, and as far as we know, he's not going to Australia. Uh, and much the poorer for it, no doubt. But um, <laughs> so what's what's Altman's solution? What's his pitch? to the world leaders that he is meeting or planning to meet? Well, he's pushing for a global AI oversight agency, uh, much like the International Atomic Energy Agency. Um, And he also urged the U.S. Senate committee last month to create a similar federal oversight body. And the idea is that these oversight bodies would function much like a licensing agency and would inspect AI systems, require audits and restrict deployment. And what has been the reception so far to these ideas? Well, I think everyone's welcoming you know, him to talk about regulation, but I, I think there's been a certain amount of skepticism um, because a lot of regulators say they've, they've seen it and heard it all before from rich U.S. tech companies like Facebook and Google. And, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg and Sundar Pichai, they've done these global tours before. And uh, for politicians, a lot of them say the tech industry is always saying it wants regulation, just not too much regulation. And and as Matthew said, uh, the technology is moving so fast. And setting up oversight agencies, regulatory oversight agencies for AI, that that takes time. And in the meantime, the conversation over what future regulation should look like is distracting from the real harms AI is creating now, I think a lot of critics are saying. And I think one good example of of what we're seeing is in Japan. Uh, Japan was the first destination of Altman's world tour, and the country has largely promoted generative AI's use. But last week, Japan abruptly issued administrative guidance against OpenAI to limit the machine learning of sensitive personal information. Uh, the country's privacy commissioner also cautioned users on how the chatbot may use information they input, and he was warning against inadvertent violations of privacy laws if users don't opt out of machine learning. Um, so it seems like regulators are willing to listen, they're willing to meet with him, but they're, they're certainly not going to wait for a global oversight body to rein in potential AI abuses. Amy, thank you so much for the Global Wrap. Thank you for following these issues in such uh, great detail. It's been great talking as always. Thanks so much, James. Always a pleasure. Amy Miller is a senior correspondent covering Silicon Valley and now indeed Cerebral Valley for MLEX. And we'll post links to the stories that both Amy and Matthew have discussed today at our website, mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. Just click on the News Hub tab for all of the very best of MLEX's reporting and analysis. There's also an archive of our podcasts, which is a great way to get to know our reporters and what they're up to. Now, we've gone a bit over time yet again, so allow me to depart, urging you to tune in next Friday at more or less the same time for more news from the MLEX podcast. And if you've subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify or Stitcher, the show will simply appear in your feed. 
MNEX's podcast is produced and presented by me, James Paniki. It's published by MNEX's marketing team in London, and our executive producer is Richard Thompson. From everyone here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thank you for staying with us. I'll see you again soon. Bye.